So if you guys got a night out to listen to music now, maybe you not singing, him not playing, where, where, where do you like to go? What type of music do you like to listen to? We really, really like Mercy Lounge. Um, and I like them so much because they don't cater to one style of music. You know, you can go see a country show there. You can go see jazz or a rock show. And so we really like the different types of shows that they throw. When Hannah's not enjoying time in Mercy Lounge with her husband, she's overseeing the Donaldson Eye Care location. Listen to episode 52 and hear how it all began. From the in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee, it's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to As I See It. I'm Dr. Jeff Kegaris, coming to you live from Cool Springs Eye Care in Franklin, Tennessee, program that aims to educate you about eyes and service in healthcare. I'm sitting here with Cole Evans today, and today we want to answer questions or a particular question that we receive a lot. All of our doctors do, Cole. And that is with when they're in an eye exam. Oh, Dr. Jeff, real quick. I, number one, I'm seeing a little bit of a structure here that me interrupting you before you get into the topic is something that we should probably play around with. I think you the don't audience, like me just rambling on. Well, I think a little bit of break, you know, keeps the keeps the listener listening. Um, I think you're a little worried that maybe I could do this without you, Cole. I was literally thinking if optometry doesn't work out, there's definitely an easy listening AM station <laughs> out there with your name on it. AM twelve to two hey, in the morning. <laughs> Hey, everybody driving across country. <laughs> Late evenings with Dr. Jeff. Okay, I'm sorry. We are we do have yeah. questions. So we have okay, covered. Yeah. Let's go back through them. We have yeah. covered the infancy program. When is the right time to bring my kid in for their first eye exam? I was really excited about that one. Ask you a lot of questions. And then I got That's all, a trail event to your kids, too. I literally was going to say, then I got all of my kids in for their exam, which I know everyone's happy about. Then we did an episode on, uh, are you a good candidate for cataract surgery? <laughs> Great information, uh, about 30 minutes, I think. But anyone, uh, honestly, I would say over 40, I just turned 40, so I'm going to put myself in the script. Anyone over the age of 40 needs to listen to that episode. It's packed full of education, but also just gives, I think, some um, very one plus one equal two uh, answers to questions that a lot of people have that go, hey, uh, is it elective or it's not? We answered that question, right? Um, uh, is it 100% curable? We answered that question. So today we want to talk about a completely different topic, and this is LASIK surgery. I was going to bring that up too. You were going to say it, but then I cut you off yeah, to put in my little kind blurb. Of did, yeah. yeah, yeah. LASIK surgery. So I have had um, the opportunity uh, to have LASIK surgery, and uh, I had a really great experience. Well, I almost passed out in the chair, let's say mm-hmm. it that way, but uh, I did not realize... <laughs> that I was going to lose my entire vision. I didn't realize that they, they weren't like, hey, Cole, guess what? This is about to happen. I will never forget my palms were completely sweating, and I had kicked off one of my shoes. And uh-huh. the lady said, sir, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to be okay. Um, and she was like, your vision's going to come back in just a second. And as soon – I mean, I don't think the words got out of her mouth, vision came back. But it was uh, – it was an interesting process. You know, we saw that same thing when you interviewed with us also. <laughs> Sometimes I don't like to wear shoes, Dr. Jeff, but the uh, but I will tell you, uh, having uh, almost 11 years of wearing glasses, um, aside from some readers uh, now, uh, because I'm staring at the computer a lot, um, my, my vision's 2020. 
So let's talk about LASIK surgery, the role it plays, and just some some uh, common things that you're hearing in the exam room when it comes to LASIK. Okay, let's do it. And, and I want to get back to that issue of blurring out or going dark oh yeah when we come back to that so let's make sure we do cover that i, I want to cover that in the right time during this program so sure. let's make sure for the people that go what is that going to happen mm-hmm. you got to hang on a little bit i'll that's tell right. you why right. <laughs> so, after this break that's right so first of all uh, let's think about the anatomy of the eye first laser surgery we, we develop a whole lot of lasers in eye care uh, some for glaucoma some for after cataract some for retina Um, We use a special type of laser to correct the cornea, the very front of your eye. Mm -hmm. It's called an eczema laser, very high power, high frequency laser that is so powerful that instead of uh, just squishing tissue and moving it out of the way like we used to do with radial keratotomy, it actually breaks bonds between between, um, on the cornea and poof, turns them into kind of dust. And so it it's it's just pretty cool from a physical and a chemical standpoint, all right? Now, eczema laser. That's the type of laser we use to reshape the front of the eye. That's really what we're doing. The cornea. Cornea itself is a half a millimeter thick. In some areas, maybe 0.6 millimeters. Very thin. That's not very much. And we're going to take off, you know, somewhere between, who knows, um, 24 to 96, what we call microns, less than 100 um, microns, one or twenty percent of that cornea, uh, to correct your vision. So we're talking about very, very fine detail, right? Not very much at all. Um, so I first want to know where we're operating. The very front of the eye, the windshield over the front of your eye. It's called the cornea. It's curved. If you are nearsighted and light, therefore focuses in front of your retina, and we need to give you contacts that have a minus power in front of them or glasses that have a minus power. Make a minus eyes. power from previous episodes I learned yeah. means that your eye is too strong and That's you right. have to take it down a That's little That's exactly bit. right. So okay. the refractive error it, to correct that is to give you a little divergence to make it focus on the, on the retina. Well, then we want to change the shape of your cornea to do that exact thing, same thing, just like a contact or a pair of glasses would. Okay. okay? And we can program that into the laser and correct that. So we can also program it in to correct farsightedness. We can also program it in to correct astigmatism. That was mine, yeah. Yep. We cannot, this is very important, we cannot program it in to correct loss of focusing due to age, mm. okay, mm. or maturity. I'm seeing well far away all my life, and all of a sudden I'm 48 years old and I'm really needing reading glasses all the time. Can I have laser vision to correct that? No. Laser vision corrects the optics of the eye for far away. It will correct farsightedness, nearsightedness, or astigmatism, whatever your particular optic problem is, and it's a very predictable surgery. So, we can do eczema laser. That's the type of laser we use. Okay. So, how? give me an idea of how many patients, um, again, in percentage. So, let's say of a 1,000 patients that you, you might see in a month, how many of those patients are asking us for LASIK? Well, it's interesting that you say, I'm going to turn that around because uh, we, as practice owner, I have always wanted all of our doctors to address with every single patient what their options are. First of all, we always cover eye health. Sure. We always cover binocularity. And then on the refractive side, we say, oh, if you have some prescription error, here are your options for glasses, here are your options for contacts, and here's your option for laser surgery. 
or some sort of what we call refractive surgery. Mm-hmm. All right. Statistics say that about four to five percent of people that are nearsighted in America will actually pursue laser surgery. So 95, let's say 96% of people may want to talk about it, but will never do anything other than wear contacts or glasses. Right. Okay. But most people are interested in it. They at least want to know their options. And so that's where we get into, am I a good LASIK candidate? And here's what we would tell you. I always tell people there are three legs on the stool to determine your candidacy. And keep in mind, Cole, in, in our eye health and vision exams, we're going to determine 70% of that. Okay. So you're going to have a pretty good idea when you see us as for your, for your, you see us as your, with your, as your eye doctor or you see us for your exam, we're going to give you a pretty good idea. Now we, if you want to have laser surgery, we bring you back for pre-surgical testing to determine the other 30% because, you know, there's a lot of discussion and other testing that needs to go into whether you can have safe and predictable laser surgery. All right. All right? So, the first leg on the stool is, number one, am I within the range? So if you look at your prescription on your contacts or your glasses for nearsightedness, laser surgery approved in America can correct between 1 and 11 units of nearsightedness. On astigmatism, we can correct between 1 and 6 units of astigmatism. And typically for farsightedness, we can correct up to 5 units. Now, if you're sitting at five units of farsightedness or 11 units of nearsightedness or six units of astigmatism, I will tell you, we're going to have some really deep discussions because the procedure is much more predictable in the lower and middle amounts. In fact, we start thinking of alternatives if you're at the the high end. Yeah. 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 So the predictability is better at the lower end. In fact, I tell patients if you're between a minus one and a minus four in your contact lenses, that is the most predictable method. With or, or level, and most of, uh, and I have a horse in the race, but our surgeons that we work with, there are about 10 or 12 in Middle Tennessee that provide good LASIK surgery. There are about two to three that really provide the best. Sure. And, you know, if you're going to have laser surgery, you want to make sure that you're going to the best, and it's not always the person that has the biggest billboard. Okay, right. so, right. Um, and that's why you want to go to, I mean, we've got an eye doctor. The eye doctor sees all the cases. They know who's a really good surgeon mm-hmm. who gets better outcomes. And we track those outcomes so that sure. we, we know. So um, I want to I see somebody that's within those ranges to be correcting for nearsightedness, farsightedness, or astigmatism. Ideally, a nearsighted person who's between a one and a four units of nearsightedness, I would tell them pretty confidently they have a 90% chance that one surgery will correct their cornea to the point that we can minimize them having to wear glasses or contacts for far away. So, Dr. Jeff, if I'm listening right now and I am a patient uh, and and I wear glasses or I'm coming in, right, I'm either going to, A, now have another question about, uh, I'm going to have another uh, understanding about my prescription, mm-hmm. right? Um, if I'm a contact lens wearer, I'm just going to look at the end of the box to see what my actual right. prescription or is. Or your glasses prescription. We have the same type of number on it. That's right. And okay. we really go by glasses prescription here. That's going to be important because if your contact prescription is a little different from your glasses, we're talking about what your glasses prescription is. Okay. Okay. So I can know that to your point in the nearsightedness, I have to be uh, honestly less than 11 and mm-hmm. it's probably like nine, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Okay. And then astigmatism, if near, all right, let me, let me think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. If near means I can't see far away, which means I'm getting a plus, is that correct? 
if you if you are you get a nearsighted, about, am I getting plus power? If you're nearsighted, you you're two plus. You're you're focused up close. You're not focused far away. We need to diverge things to be able to help you see better far away. That's a negative. Near, that's a negative prescription to correct your overpowerful gets, eye. Got it. Nearsighted equal negative prescription. Yeah, good way to look at it. Thank you. Wish I would have learned that in optometry school. You should have hired a marketing guy a long time ago. Could have helped me on my uh, early exams. And then for farsightedness is the plus. What is astigmatism? Astigmatism means that it's not actually the same prescription in each direction. So you may have a more powerful direction, like up and down in your eye. You may need one prescription and the side to side because your cornea may not be shaped like a basketball, but more like a football or curve like okay. a grape. Okay. You may have a different power. So um, sometimes in contact lenses, we'll call that astigmatism toricity or toric. So hmm. if you wear a toric lens, you have one power, you have a second power. Usually it says, you know, something like minus three, minus one, and there's an X 180. That means I have a minus three in one direction and then another minus one, an extra amount of that in another direction. And then the last number tells us where to orient that because you could have the right magnitude or amount of of astigmatism, Mm -hmm. but we need to put it in the right place in your right axis. So we talked about uh, candidates have three points. You mentioned under one within the range. That's one to 11 on nearsighted, one to six on astigmatism, and then less than five that's on right. farsightedness. What's number the two? First thing, second one is your eyes have to be healthy and stable. Okay. And that means that we can't have had any recent um, viral infections. You know, um, people that have fever blisters tend to sometimes get uh, a viral infection on their eye, and that can pop out for any reason and so sometimes even just the stress of thinking about laser surgery could cause that we don't want that to happen during surgery more importantly scars irregularity some people that have high astigmatism don't just have high astigmatism they have a component that we call that's not regular it's called irregular those people can't have laser surgery because it's not predictable all Mm. right it's not more permanent. It would, it could, we just can't tell them where their prescription might end up. So that's not good. The other thing that's very common is somebody that is ch- still changing in their prescription. Maybe they're 19 years old and last year they had one number and this year their numbers increased or their astigmatism's changing. And, and that's really a practical matter. It's not that we couldn't do surgery. It's okay. just, it's just not ethical to do surgery or not practical because, uh, if I was going to do surgery on you at that point, um, or one of our surgeons was going to do surgery, we could correct you. But if your body is changing anyway, mm-hmm. then you're going to continue to change after the surgery. And then about a year, two years later, you go, hey, I'm, I'm back in contacts and glasses. What's the deal? Why didn't we wait? And that's right. what we want to do. We ideally want to wait till you have two years of stable prescription. Okay. You have to be over 18 to sign your own consent form. That's important unless you're in some sort of a study, and we've done studies at UCLA and other places on younger patients. But in general, we don't do that because we want to have stable prescriptions and younger patients are still growing. People will usually ask me, well, if I can have it at 18, right? Well, you can sign your own consent form, but you have to have stable prescriptions. And for a lot of, uh, you know, women tend to stabilize a little bit sooner than men. We're seeing a little more progression between 20 and 30 just due to the amount of digital computer work we're doing all the time mm-hmm. so uh, we, it's really important if a 17 year old comes in mm-hmm. and mom is going to sign off that, that's okay or you're going to say you really I, I don't know any surgeon that's going to allow that to happen until 18 oh yeah. well okay even even if they've had two years of stable prescription oh so yeah. is the, yeah. the patient that's, must be over the age of 18 yeah there's a, it's a legal consent yeah. type of thing yeah now i don't know because you know i see on some of the tv shows that we've got and i hear a lot of situations where 
we've got all kinds of plastic surgery being done on a lot younger younger people right and um you know this is not plastic surgery this is not cosmetic surgery it's not going to make you look any prettier cole mm. but it is going to change wait, your wait, vision wait. that didn't have anything to do with no no i mean okay. you already achieved a certain level and, <laughs> right. and that's what your wife said and, um <laughs> she's the one that needs refractive surgery that's, that's exactly right that's right so to that point yeah. um and i know we talked about this on on previous episodes uh specifically with your uh episode with ginger uh caldwell discussing vision benefits and the difference of that versus medical um let's talk about lasik as it uh, comes to benefits. Yeah, good uh, question. I, I can file this on my vision. I'm guessing that's a that's a great question. So your exam, when we see you for your exam, will be under your medical, most likely, or your vision. Okay, if it's a wellness exam, it, it could be either. That will be covered. When you are, when we know that seventy percent, and we say you're uh, appear to be a good candidate, let's have you back for your pre-surgical. That is not covered, nor is surgery covered, and that gets into the third leg on the stool, which is okay. I'm within the range. My eyes are healthy and stable. I think I want it. Now let's talk in detail. What are my chances? What are the risks? How much is this going to cost? Mm. Okay, and so um, in general, I'd say. The majority of people that end up having laser surgery from a physical standpoint on nearly 100%, if not 100% of people, 99.99999, are less nearsighted, less farsighted, less astigmatism. Okay? So we're going to definitely reduce your prescription. No doubt about it. The real key is, can we achieve whatever goal you have functionally? What do you want to achieve? Because it's not a real good goal to go, I don't know, I just want to be less nearsighted. Well, why? I don't know. Not a good candidate. But somebody that says, you know, I'm a left fielder and a minor league baseball player, and I find that uh, my contacts are drying out and I can't get a good enough jump on the ball. So my goal is that I don't have to wear contacts when I play left field, mm-hmm. when the batter's up there, so I can get a better jump on the ball and, be right. a, and have a better chance to go to the major leagues. Now that's a very, very specific goal. We can say, do we think we can achieve that? And if so, given your prescription and given your eyes, what chance do we have of achieving that? So we like to have a specific goal or two that we want to accomplish. So Dr. Jeff, one of my family members had, um, I'm going to mess the uh, the dates up a little bit, but is it fair to say that LASIK surgery was, I won't say even say affordable because I think it started off extremely pricey, but um, late nineties, early two thousands. Correct. Okay. Correct. So uh, in this exact same family member, they had it in that time frame when it first came out. And then I want to say six, seven years later, they had to have it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technology I think had, had progressed, but in that exact scenario, if, if we have listeners right now that uh, in the early uh, 2000s, mid 2000s, 2005, seven had LASIK surgery, now they've blinked and 20 years have gone by, right? Uh, having another round of LASIK might not be their solution, might not even be recommended. That's correct. It's going to depend on, remember that real thin cornea we had? Sure. It's going to depend on how much of that cornea is left and could we safely actually take a little more of that cornea off to correct more prescription. That's usually going to be the limiting factor. But the My con- cornea is thinning as I age? Well, it's thinning after we do surgery. Sure. Your cornea should stay basically the same okay. thickness. Okay. Um, but the converse of that is also true. A lot of people, when they have their LASIK, and I tell people, you know, the, the, the data shows in the northern European population, we have stability from year one to year 13. The average, average change in prescription is zero. And there's a pretty tight range around that, too. So, um, you know, some people are going to drift, get a little farsighted. Some people are going to drift, get a little nearsighted. They'll never go back to where their prescription was. But that's pretty stable. I would say, reasonably speaking, 
15 years is not an unusual amount, but it, the longer you go, you know, you got body changes, you have other things that just become less predictable. So I, if, if you're 25 and you have laser surgery, no one's going to tell you today, JD, it's going to be exactly the same because right. we, we can't predict all the different type of things. As I see it, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jeff Kegaris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. However, the cornea itself, with laser surgery, seems to be extremely stable, as opposed to previous procedures like radial keratotomy, which was a good procedure, but continued to have an enhancing effect. So we had people that got progressively farsighted at a fast rate or end up, ended up with more astigmatism in a lot of cases. I'm uh, sitting here thinking, I'm, 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 at thir- I'm in year 13 right now. That is correct. That's right. Here's how I know and this. You, and, you're, and you're very stable, right? I am, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in, in my vision. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. The, um, I, rem- I took, um, not all of them, but we took some of our wedding pictures. We got married in 09. We took some wedding pictures because I'd only been known with classes, with classes, mm-hmm. but I took some without because I knew I was having LASIK surgery. I was like, I don't want to look back at pictures where I wore glasses <laughs> you know, my wife and I'm not wearing them anymore. Um, yeah. So this is very interesting. So you have to be 18 years of age. You're using an eczema laser. Dr. Mm-hmm. Jeff, are patients having LASIK surgery inside Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care? Uh, not currently. We uh, will do that in an outpatient surgery center okay. or in a surgeon's office, which so, is basically an in-office semi-sterile sure. uh, surgery center. Yeah. But I, I, as a patient, Cole, I'm coming in here. Uh, I'm seeing you as my eye doctor. We're having that conversation. You're looking at, am I within range in the nearsighted astigmatism and farsighted units? Again, look at our show notes to go back over that. Uh, That's the number one uh, uh, leg of the stool, as you said. Number two is the eye health and the stability of the eye. Uh, You mentioned uh, viral infections, making sure that there hasn't been uh, uh, big changes in your prescription. And then number three is, is when the kind of the rubber meets the road is you're talking about all the details, right? That's right. right. Is this the right for you? uh, What are my chances? What are my chances of not achieving this? Does anybody go blind? How much is it going to cost? And we're really looking at this point in time. That's one thing that's kind of evolved. In the beginning, there were four types of lasers and Everybody was battling back and forth. Oh, this laser is better than that one, and this one's Uh, better than that one. And eventually, we've kind of moved towards um, about two, maybe three lasers that are the primary use. And people don't debate that as much anymore. What you saw in the early part was, quite frankly, we just did eczema laser. And what we would do, early 90s. Is my charge different based on the laser? Oh, not anymore, usually. It shouldn't be, but you should. I'm sitting there thinking, like, how many surgeries are out there where the person has to, like, think about what tool they're being used to? Yeah, no, that's more a matter of the doctor thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But what's what's interesting about that is in the early days, um, we had what we call standard laser, which you can kind of make an evaluation like a or an, an image like a a soup can or a tree fine, you know, you go boom. And in this circular region, we have reduced that power. Mm-hmm. And so you got this sharp edge, you know, over here, you're a certain curve and now it goes down like that. That's kind of the way I look at it. That's called standard laser. And we had good refractive results and we had good quality of vision results. But because of the way that was, we had more glare, we had more halos um, as a problem, as a side effect. And we mm-hmm. had a lot more dryness. Then uh, it, 
And because we had to make an abrasion on the front of your eye first? No, we give you anesthetic, and but we make an abrasion because the eczema laser doesn't fire through the front, the, the very top layer well. So we had to get it out of the way, so we make an abrasion. And so you had an abrasion for the first day to three days after surgery, so you weren't really comfortable. Corneal abrasions hurt. Mm. But we'd keep reassuring you that, hey, hang in there. It's going to be okay. All right. you know, and it was. And we'd keep you on eye drops to modulate your healing for, geez, in the early days, even up to six months. That's still up to a couple months now that we do that. But then a, a radically great advancement was made, and that was that we came up with these devices to use in addition to the eczema laser that were manual or automated called a microkeratome, and, and they took a small little sliver off the very top part of the eye. Rather than us having to give you an abrasion, we took a little sliver and we hinged it like a garbage can That's lid. That's what was my app. Yeah, you had that. Yeah. Then we did the eczema laser. Uh, and then we lay the hinge back down, and guess what? You're comfortable day one. The eczema laser is reshaping the cornea? It reshapes the cornea, but what do we do about that top layer? We either yeah. make, give you an abrasion, and we just do standard eczema laser, or we make a flap. In the early days, that was actually called flap and zap, okay? <laughs> so You have optometrist in your phrases. I know, what can I say? But, um, but we got better results because the outcomes were the same where you ended up was the same but the process to get there with with making a flap that's really what lasik is okay eczema we still use the eczema laser but lasik is using a flap to get there Mm. um people were comfortable in the first day they use drops for a week instead of two to two to four months or six months okay and so it's like wow i heal quicker i don't have pain and i don't have to use drops as long why would I choose the other one? Right. And so patients have really demanded that. The advancements that have occurred in the last 20 years are the lasers have become better. They've moved from standard to what we call custom ablation. Rather than that soup can, boom, here's the here's the edge. It's a smoother edge. And so we have less glare, less halo, and the quality of vision is better. The difference between standard eczema laser and custom eczema laser and we would never do standard anymore Mm. um refractively about the same result quality of vision the quality improved with custom laser and that happened probably in the mid 2000s okay okay the second thing is that flap that was made Mm -hmm. that used to be made manually at first then we had some automated devices and there are a number of names for those and then ultimately there's another laser now that we use to make that called a femtosecond laser so now if you have surgery and you want to have the most refined technique in 2021, you want to have a surgeon who's done 20,000 cases or more because even though it's all automated, they can override the laser if they see something that is not going the right way. Right. So you want a very experienced surgeon. Number two, um, you want to have a great laser engineer that tunes up that laser because they come in the day before and make sure that all the mechanics are working well because that's really what's changing your prescription. Yeah, right. And so you have to trust us to know the mechanics of what the individual surgeon that we're talking to does. And you have to trust that that surgeon is making sure that all those mechanics are, are correct. And you want to have a LASIK flap made with a femtosecond laser. So it's now an all laser procedure, femtosecond laser to make your flap, mm-hmm. custom laser to make your, to do your eczema laser, lay the flap back down, drops for a week, both eyes at the same time. Also, typically most people are very comfortable the next day. We give them Valium. So we want to keep them off the roads for about 24 hours. But most, I would say 75% of the people that come in to see me, because 
every visit is here except for the day of surgery. Right, right. So um, come see me day one. 75% of the people drive here without wearing any glasses or contacts. So the change happens very, very quickly. Okay. Let me tell you something that was, I, I know it was because of just dilation and other, I, whether it was dilation, just drops and just the whole process. The day of and like the next day, I remember light sensitivity being a, a very big deal. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, you know, 13 years later, I, I'm still sensitive to light. Mm-hmm. It, Interesting. Is that normal? Well, you had it in what year? I had it in 08. Yeah, 08. You, I would assume you had a custom laser, but I don't know for sure. that You brought up price earlier, and, and one of those things was as we started to move from standard to custom laser, the standard lasers became you know, cheaper to buy. That's probably what I got my deal on. <laughs> Maybe so. And so what people did, what a few surgeons did, we didn't, um, was they'd say, oh, well, if you have it with this laser, you pay this. But, oh, and then they started to play that price war game uh, yeah, where it's like, yeah. hey, I'll do your laser surgery for $600. Right. And But then they'd do other things, which was just drove me nuts. And they'd go, oh, and if you want follow-up care, and if you want that post-operative medicine, and if you want this, and if you want those things. Back at the regular I mean, pretty much the average person, even with a low entry, the average person was paying about $1,400 an eye. Mm -hmm. Now, because technology is so much better, more predictable, fewer side effects. And and again, how many times are you going to have this? Once, maybe twice Mm -hmm. in your life um, with an enhancement. Um, And you're looking at about $2,500 an eye. VSP is a vision prepaid discount plan that, provides a laser benefit $500 for each eye so it saves you $1000 so you're looking oh. at about 4000 so i would say in general i tell people put about that amount of money away mm-hmm. for your laser surgery most people will finance it now 65% we used to quote what the finance rates were but boy that's anybody's guess now but they're so low yeah, you know right. that that it's not very high right. i mean you can use care credit which is a healthcare savings or credit card basically mm-hmm. for 6 months same as cash i mean right. there are a number of ways to finance it and and why do i bring up those things when we're talking about the medical issues of laser vision because when it comes right down to it laser vision as opposed to cataract surgery, glaucoma surgery, retinal surgery, other things that are of a need, most people choose LASIK surgery, and a lot of times it comes down to a retail purchase. Yeah, Let's see, right. $4,000 or 5000 Am I going to get new living room furniture, or am I going to fix my eyes? That, those are real, real I mean, am yeah. I going to do something for the kids, or right. am I going to do something for me? You right. know, and, and so, um, you know, the fact that you're still waiting, your wife's still waiting on her honeymoon because you wanted to get your eyes fixed. You is, see how that worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I think, a lot of things when you, when you can look at um, – the maintenance cost of keeping up with the status quo over years. Um, You know, in some cases, you know, we see patients on a regular basis that might have a regular pair, 80%. I mean, yourself, you have a couple of pair of glasses that you use for independent things, right? Right, right. Whether you're at the computer reading or or, or speaking. Um, uh, There's a lot of people out there that have that. You add up a couple of those frame lines and some sunglasses and some drops and contacts, whatever, whatever your thing is over a few years, you're already spending that money anyway. Yeah, you are from a, um, I think in a long-term basis, again, if you are as successful, as we want right you will lower your out-of-pocket costs right. okay now let's keep in mind the most important thing when people say well what are the side effects the number one side effect is we want the same thing as you we'd like to get you as close to or or at zero prescription but that's never a guarantee we are not pieces of plastic there's variability you might under respond to the laser and still have your nearsightedness you might over-respond to the laser and be farsighted. Mm. In either of those cases, we're going to wait. And we're going to wait three to six months, let things stabilize. In that interim, you can wear glasses or contacts. And then we're going to reevaluate and say, okay, 
here's where you are, the prescription's stable, do we want to do a second procedure called an enhancement to get us now closer to zero? Because you over-responded and now you're farsighted and now you got to wear reading glasses, so let's let it settle out. But now we'll come back six months later, and now we can try to correct that to get closer to zero. That enhancement at, at our office does not cost you anything. It's part of the initial procedure. Uh, so, But that's important. So when you hear people say, well, I had to go back for a redo, mm-hmm. you know, usually right. it's – we know in 98% of cases within the first year, if you are one of those people that's kind of on the edge of the bell curve and has over-responded or under-responded, and if functionally we're going to need to – do a second procedure to try to correct you. Got okay? it. So, so we are talking about the, the common questions we get here at the practices uh, around LASIK surgery. Dr. Jeff, you talked to us about the eczema lens, of which the eczema lens is still used. It's eczema laser, yeah. Eczema laser, what did yep. I say? Lens, eczema lens, but that's oh, all right. Laser. Eczema laser. It's late in the day. It's probably got a lens in it. There's, there's no doubt. So, uh, but the eczema laser is still being uh, used. It was the entry point to get into the eye, right, to reshape the cornea of the eye. You have to be over the age of 18, 18 plus to get some your own consent form. There are three um, parts to being a good candidate. One is you're within range. Again, look at our show notes to look at the number of units, right? If you are near sightedness, you need a negative prescription to help correct your vision. So if your prescription says negative 2.25, negative 4.0, you're within the range because nearsightedness is 1 uh, to 11 as far as units. And And then you have those broken down for astigmatism and farsightedness as well. Uh, So definitely check out the show notes for the additional detail there. Uh, Eye health and stability of the prescription. We want to make sure there's no change there. And then third, uh, again, rubber hits the road. It's where you're sitting down with the patient and talking about the details, the cost, and and just what this really looks like. Yeah, and and why do you want to do it? And the procedure itself. Let's let's talk about that briefly Um, because I'm going to bring in one of my friends, a surgeon, and we'll talk about more specifics about the surgical procedure so people can understand because the people that are, you know, 96% of people that have laser surgery would have it again. That is a huge level level of satisfaction that's exactly you're never going to get 100 percent in anything i mean you can buy a bag of rice aroni and one bag out of 100 is going to be stale Mm -hmm. and go i got Mm -hmm. that rice aroni again um so laser surgery same way but 96 percent is really good and what we find is the most direct correlate to happiness is good preoperative counseling i knew what was going what was going to happen i knew what was going to what what i wanted to achieve i knew what it was what i should expect and it happened as you as you told me it would. No surprises. Okay, got it. Um, so when you have the surgery, you're probably in the surgery suite for about 15 minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. um, per eye or total? Total, total. Oh. Uh, the surgery itself, the eczema laser part, maybe 30 seconds to a minute and a half. I mean, it's very quick. Yeah, I remember and it them usually count down. Talking to me while I was laying there, they're like, "All right, we're done with this eye." You know, yeah. it's just it's like very quick. Isn't right, it? It's amazing. Right. You have a lifetime of nearsightedness, and in 45 seconds, it's gone right you know so that's that now when we do the flap okay so remember we talked about the flap with the femtosecond laser first and then the eczema laser both are there it's just one laser does this one laser does that but when we do that flap we need to have the eye with some suction the suction on the eye temporarily increases the intraocular pressure to the point that your that your vision will momentarily black out Mm -hmm. you'll be watching a red light and it'll black out so good surgeons will tell the patient, this is going to happen. Do not be alarmed, okay? Because that's a scary as heck thing. It, I'm, uh, having experienced it, I'm telling you, it is, it's not like, hey, we're sitting here, you're seeing me with my eyes open, and then I close my eyes. Like, if you have never lost vision with your eyes wide open, it is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. And, and the femtosecond lasers, 
is actually we don't have to make the pressure go as high as we did with previous um, microkeratomes. So that's a good that's good so news. I lost but my vision because the suction made the pressure so high. Yeah, we had to increase the pressure so that it's there like, and firm for the for the if you will the laser to make that flap without your cornea yeah. bouncing up and down. Okay. okay, but that's only momentary, right? Yeah. And then, it's, and then it's back. And so, you know, despite that that happens, we do have to be extra careful in patients that have glaucoma. Glaucoma patients or glaucoma suspect patients, it all depends on how stable that nerve is. In general, if you're stable, you can have LASIK surgery and, and have glaucoma or glauco- be a glaucoma suspect. But we're extra careful in those patients to make sure that we have more visual field side visions or OCT structure and appearances of the nerve so that we know absolutely your nerve can withstand that temporary, momentary higher eye pressure. And if there's any question that we think that it that it could not or the risk is too high, we say, sorry, that's one of those factors on that second stool leg. Mm-hmm. We say, health-wise, we're just not going to do it. Right. Okay. So, um, But at the beginning of the show, you said, I remember my vision blacking out. And we tell people, yeah. hang on, we'll tell you why. Right. Um, that's a normal part of the procedure. It would have been nice for you to know that, hey, this is temporarily going to happen. Don't sweat it. Everything's going to be just fine, right? I'll tell you, even if uh, it was mentioned, and, and I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt and say they did, uh-huh. it wasn't enough. <laughs> it gotcha. was not gotcha. enough for me to go, oh, we had a whole dialogue about it. But yeah. uh, common questions we are getting about LASIK surgery. Dr. Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, please subscribe to As I See It. We release a brand new episode every single Tuesday. Uh, please check out our websites at coolspringseyecare.com and donaldsoneyecare.com. Please subscribe to the podcast. And as always, leave us a comment. Dr. Jeff reads those every single week. I appreciate that. And one thing I do want to mention, if you have an interest in laser vision surgery, LASIK, make a comprehensive eye health or vision exam with one of our doctors at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care, and we will discuss all of the elements around your particular and individual case and see if you are a good candidate. And usually we can do that exam, have you back for the pre-surgical, have your surgery within a month. So once you make your decision, things can move pretty quickly. But the most important thing is really understanding your goals, your risks, and having us look at that. So shoot me an email if you'd like. I'll be glad to answer your individual questions. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Jeff.